0: this bigger yeah I'm blind as fuck <laughs> If you have found yourself on the Pot Smoking Moms podcast, then you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Thank you so much for joining us. We know there's so many other podcasts that you could spend your time on, but we appreciate you spending your time with us. I'm Sunny D, along with my homegirl, Captain J.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Hey, uh, if you listen to our podcast regularly or if you're new here and you like what you hear... Or if you go to our Instagram, see, please follow us, rate, subscribe, share, share us with friends and, uh, you know, go to our website, pot Everything is there. Everything is there. Everything. Patreon, it's Instagram, TikTok. It all there. What's up? What do we got on deck for smokage today? Captain J. Oh, I have something on. Today. <laughs> I have something on deck this time. I
1: forgot. I left it over there. That's why.
0: It's okay if you want to go run and was, get it. I think we it was some Mandarin dream that I ground up. Well, huh? I got some grape goddess. That sounds fancy as fuck. So if you got in my home, go ahead, light it up. It's time. Or grind it up. <laughs> grind it up. All right, guys. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Whoa!
1: You're right there. Get you some water. Yeah.
0: I just, I'm just i not used to this little, tiny, little bong. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you use one of my bigger ones? Mira, I don't just walk into people's houses and grab their bong and smoke out of it.
1: You know that my bongs are your bongs.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I would still, you know.
1: Just as long as you're not using the one I'm using right now and you just take <laughs> one of the <laughs> that ones That would be down so there. weird
0: <laughs> if I pick up your bong that you're currently using and go, yeah, I th- this is the one I want to use right now this second. <laughs> That'd be fucking creepy.
1: I mean, back then, you know, we used to share bongs.
0: It's <laughs> not normal. like that, though.
1: We used to pass bongs back <laughs> no, and we? forth. Did we? No, yes, we people passed bongs.
0: I don't know. I'm so far removed from those days of... Just give me the light and pass it, Joe. That's my Sean Paul, um impression. It's terrible. It's still fun, though
1: pretty good. Way better than I could do. Not it. To yet.
0: Not to <laughs> yet. All right, there you go. All that right. was a smoke sesh brought to you by Pause Smokey moms. Brought to you by. Weed. 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 <laughs> so good. <coughs> so, we got some big news for everybody. <laughs> 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 we paused and looked at each other because Jay's like I don't know where she's going with this. <laughs> so let's oh, Everybody, hold on to your teddies.
1: <laughs> event, event. We're going to be in
0: public. We're going to be. <laughs> we are going to be in public. Uh, dab Day, 710 Dab Day. If anybody, if you don't know what 710 stands for.
1: We didn't know either we didn't until know either. <laughs> we started this podcast. Yeah, we were. We're like, there's a whole new number. There's an addition to 420. So yeah. it, it stands for Oil.
0: Like right. Dabs, if you put it backwards, right? Yeah, it's like upside down. Oil. Upside down. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I think so. Like if you put it in a, in, a calculator, in a calculator, we text it. Uh huh. <laughs> it spells boobies. You beeper code it. Anyways, Dab Day, seven ten Dab Day. We're not gonna be there, like you know, there. Like we're not hosting. I, I want to ho- eventually, uh but we're not gonna be hosting. We're gonna be. We're there. not gonna be a so vendor.
1: Come to be there as guests.
0: Exactly. Come hang out with us july 10th it's at a place called fun dimension but you got to go to the dab day website for the tickets
1: yeah we got ours already
0: we did we got ours already uh i can't wait because i just want to do something and seeing that it's uh, on july 10th which was the day that i was going to fly out to california
1: yeah which is why we weren't planning which, it
0: right we weren't planning on being there <coughs> so it, right before our if you weren't there for our instagram live right before we uh right before wednesday in the middle of the night i got the email that was like hey thanks you know we had a lot of you know we you're not you we didn't pick you but we had a lot of people participate and you know even getting an audition blah 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 we'll ha- keep you on right you know like when you don't get the job yeah we'll keep your resume on file yeah exactly keep being great <laughs>
1: Keep going for it.
0: Yeah, keep shooting for the stars and sticking your hand up puppets' asses. (laughs) Just whatever. It's like you know. I figured it was really, it was really a great experience. We talked about it on Instagram Live. I'm not, you know, uh, upset about it. Uh, I was really just, I was worried actually about being away from my family for three weeks and like being in a place completely alone by myself. Like, yeah, yeah. But you know, I was willing to. Figure that out, <laughs> but um, you know, it was a, it was a try. I hadn't, I hadn't auditioned for anything in forever, so it was like, I I don't know. I was like not really ready for it, but I tried, and that's great. We'll we'll you know keep doing shit, keep making content, yes, keep making delicious content. Um, so uh, speaking of which, Instagram Live, we are gonna go live on Wednesday nights at nine p.m. Eastern. So if you follow us on Instagram. Join us. We'll be talking about, you know, the podcast episode we released that day and then. Sashing, chilling, chilling, talking to you guys. Talking about pizza probably because that's what (laughs) ends up happening. A
1: good part of our live conversation was about pizza.
0: (laughs) turns into a conversation about pizza. Feels great. (coughs) I think that was because
1: of Shelby, right? Yeah,
0: and Charles Entertainment Cheese. (laughs) But anywho. Uh, Join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on Instagram Live. We would love to see your font in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also really uh, have a wonderful interview uh, for today's episode. We're so excited. I think you guys are going to absolutely love her. Her name is Dr. Dina. She is just a real Nancy Nancy Botwin yeah i mean she's so interesting and she was she's awesome led an amazing to. life she is a predominant figure in cannabis and it was such a blast talking to her so stay tuned, stay tuned. for that yes fantastic uh but you know before we get to that awesomeness we got this awesomeness Just news. It's stoner news.
1: (laughs) Connecticut marijuana legalization bill heads to the governor's desk. To the yay! Yay! (laughs) Congrats, Connecticut. So Connecticut is on the verge of legalizing marijuana after lawmakers send a cannabis reform bill to the desk of the Senate supportive
0: governor. (laughs) Governor on Thursday. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ah, governor. (laughs) <laughs> on Thursday, if Lamont signs the bill, which he will, into law, as expected, possession of marijuana by adults 21 and older will become legal on July 1st. Commercial cannabis sales could begin as soon as next May. But the bill does not specify an exact start date. It would make the the state the 19th to have enacted the policy change and the 4th this year
0: alone. Here are some key details of the current Uh, legalization proposal it would allow adults 21 and older to possess up to 1.5 ounces of cannabis starting on july 1st and establish a retail market legislative leaders anticipate sales would launch in may 2022
1: regulators with the department of consumer protection dcp would be responsible for issuing licenses for growers dcp Retailers, manufacturers, and delivery services. Social equity applicants would be entitled to half of those licenses.
0: Equity applicants could also qualify for technical assistance, workforce training, and funding to cover startup costs.
1: A significant amount of tax revenue from cannabis sales would go towards broader community reinvestment targeting areas most affected by the criminal drug war.
0: Home cultivation would be permitted first for medical marijuana patients and later for adult use consumers. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) we're <laughs> <laughs> using the yay button today
1: <laughs> most criminal convi- convictions for possession of less than four ounces of cannabis would be automatically expunged beginning in 2023
0: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> beginning july 1st 2022 individuals could petition to have other cannabis convictions erased such as for possession of marijuana paraphernalia or the sale of small amounts of cannabis
1: the smell of cannabis alone would no longer be a legal basis for law enforcement to stop and search individuals, nor would be would suspected possession of up to five ounces of marijuana.
0: Absent federal restrictions, fe- employers would not be able to, ad- to take adverse actions against workers merely for testing positive of cannabis metabolites. Yeah! <laughs>
1: Rental tenants, students of institutions of higher learning, and professionals in licensed occupations would be protected from certain types of discrimination around legal cannabis use. People who test positive for cannabis, with w- which suggests past use, cannot be denied organ transplants or other medical care, educational opportunities, um, or have action taken against them from the Department of Children and Families. Nice. Without any other evidence-based reason for the action,
0: I would say yay, but that's I know I pretty, thought you were going to say yay, I say yay <laughs> but that's a, I mean come on, that's amazing. Yeah, cannabis-related advertising could not target people under twenty-one, and businesses that allow minors on their premises would be penalized. Products designed to appeal to children would be forbidden.
1: Duh. Yeah, licensees uh, who sell to minors would be guilty of a class A misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in prison and a two thousand dollar fine. People in charge of households or private properties who allow minors to possess cannabis there could also face a Class A misdemeanor.
0: Adults 18 to 20 years old who are caught with small amounts of cannabis would be subject to a $50 civil fine, although subsequent violations could carry a $150 fine and or mandatory community service. All possession offenses would require individuals to sign a statement acknowledging the health risks of cannabis to young people.
1: Okay, Uh, Minors under 18 could not be arrested for simple cannabis uh, possession. A first offense would carry a written warning and a possible referral to use services while a third or subsequent offense or possession of more than five ounces. Damn, that's a lot for a kid to have on them. Uh, would send the individual to juvenile court.
0: (laughs) Damn, they'd be (laughs) slang. Local governments seem like five year old hanging out there with five (laughs) ounces of fucking marijuana. Local governments could prohibit cannabis businesses or ban cannabis delivery within their jurisdictions. Municipalities could also set reasonable limits on the number of licensed businesses or locations, operating hours, and signage.
1: Municipalities with more than 50,000 residents would need to provide a designated area for public cannabis consumption. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Until June 30, 2024, the number of licensed cannabis retailers could not exceed one per 25,000 residents. After that, state regulators will set a new maximum.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Can- <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Cannabis products would be capped at 30% THC. Hmm. Wait, all products or just flour? <coughs> By weight of cannabis flour and all other products. Accept pre filled vape cartridges at 60% THC, though those limits could be further adjusted by regulators. Medical marijuana products would be exempt from the potency caps. Retailers would also need to provide access to low THC and high CBD products. So they're going to cap it at 60% for like cartridges and stuff like that. That's kind of low, no? Those can be high sometimes. Yeah, but the. Yeah, I guess. And they're capping the flour at 30. That's not bad.
0: Yeah, we get below 20 all the time. The state's general sales tax of 6.35% would apply to cannabis and an additional excise tax based on THC content would be imposed. The bill also authorizes a 3% municipal tax, which must be used for community reinvestment.
1: Existing medical marijuana dispensaries could become hybrid retailers to also serve adult use consumers. Regulators would begin accepting applications for the hybrid permits in September of 2021, and applicants would need to submit a conversion plan and pay a million-dollar fee. (laughs) That fee could be cut in half if they create a so-called equity joint venture which need, would need to be majority owned by a social equity applicant. Mm-hmm. Medical marijuana growers could also begin cultivating adult-use <coughs> cannabis in the second half of the year, though they would need to pay a fee of up to $3 million. Damn, my God.
0: you got to be rich to get rich. Mm-hmm. Licensing fees for social equity applicants would be 50% of open licensing fees. Applicants would need to pay a small fee to enter a lottery, then a larger fee if they're granted a license. Social equity licenses would also receive a 50% discount on license fees for the first three years of renewals. Pretty specific.
1: Mm-hmm. The state would uh, be allowed to enter into cannabis-related agreements with tribal governments, such as the Mashantucket Pico Tribe. I hope I said that right.
0: Mashantucket Pico Tribe and, and the, the Mohegan, Mohegan Tribe, Tribe of, of Indians. Indians. I like Mohegan. It's a fun word. Meanwhile, neighboring Rhode Island, the Legislative Committee on Monday approved the marijuana legislation bill backed by Senate leadership in the state.
1: Hmm, Rhode Island's nipping at the heels.
0: I mean, it just feels like every month or every month and a half.
1: What did they say? It's like already, this is the fourth one this year?
0: Is it? Yeah. Here it it comes. Here comes marijuana legalization. fourth this year alone. Which is great. But at this point, Mr. Biden, we need to figure some shit out. But in the meantime, here's another segment we all love so dearly. Oh, Miami.
1: Uh, Florida Supreme Court issues another defeat to marijuana legalization. Three cases, three months, three defeats for advocates of expanding <laughs> cannabis
0: use. Wah, 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 wah. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. no that- on. Wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> ay ay ay.
1: So for the third time in three months, the Florida Supreme Court dashed the hopes of Floridians who want to see expanded access to cannabis. In a 5-2 ruling on Thursday, the state's highest court found a ballot initiative to legalize marijuana to be misleading. The initiative, titled Regulate Marijuana in a Manner Similar to Alcohol to Establish Licensing and Other Restrictions, uh, also would have allowed Floridians to grow cannabis at home. Had it reached the ballot, the initiative would have been uh, needed to get 60% of the voters to become a part of the state constitution, the attorney general Ashley Moody asked the court to weigh in on the ballot measure in September of 2019. And it took the court the better of two years to issue its ruling. Jesus. Yeah. That's when we first started this podcast. Oh, that's true. We man. were talking
0: about this. Yes. Initiative. It's been going. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. And now is but when also gave... I didn't even realize that two years went up like that so fast. But yeah, yeah. there you go. Justice Charles Kennedy. Ricky Polston, Carlos Muniz, John Coriel, and Jamie Grosshands concurred Thursday that Sensible Florida's ballot initiative misled voters because of the 75-word summary of the proposed amendment was unclear on the word use. (sighs) The ballot summary said the amendment would regulate marijuana for limited use and growing by persons 21 years of age or older. Justices found that this could mean the initiatives backers were claiming to set guardrails on the amount of cannabis an individual could personally consume. But the justices wrote that the language of the constitutional amendment set no such limits. The sponsor's inability to point to anything in the text of the measure that could credibly support the limited use language in the summary leaves no doubt that the summary is affirmatively misleading. Justice is wrong.
1: These guys look like like they're poking at bullshit.
0: Tampa attorney Michael Minardi, who backed the initiative, said in an interview he was disappointed in the court's decision. However, he plans to press on. His group will redraft the proposal in the hopes of getting a version of the amendment before voters in 2022. We have already written, rewritten some alternate versions, Minardi said. It's really a welcoming thing, a welcome thing to welcome thing just to have the option finally have the option finally have opinion. the opinion my bad.
1: they've been waiting for two years for them to, to, to come rule back with something, on right. the language of this uh initiative <clears throat> it's bullshit yeah and now it's starting the whole it's process like when over you again. it's
0: like when you have to get your driver's license <laughs> and you go and they're like oh you need this and this and you're like oh my god <laughs> you i could have why didn't i figure that out before i came here
1: So, Minardi has also entered the race to represent Florida House District 59, which covers part of the Hillsborough County. The attorney would face Democrat Andrew Learned in a potential general election, he said, uh, said if elected. He would educate the Republican Party about the economic benefits of expanded cannabis access in Florida. Nicholas Warren, an attorney for the ACLU of Florida, said that the long wait between Moody's request and the court's ruling was highly unusual and harmful to the initiative's prospects. Yep. The Florida Supreme Court is killing initiatives by parking them in legal limbo, he said. Warren's (coughs) records show that even without the court's decision, the marijuana legalization effort had a ways to go before hitting the 2022 ballot. Sensible Florida, the group chaired by Minardi had collected just twenty nine thousand one hundred and seventy two of the necessary eight hundred and ninety one five hundred and eighty nine valid signatures to be placed on the ballot. The group had raised about two hundred and seventy one thousand dollars. Doesn't seem like much. So many
0: numbers like my brain just <laughs> went. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get that far successful ballot initiatives often cost millions of dollars sensible florida may have trouble raising the money it needs a law passed by the legislature earlier this year limits individual campaign contributions to groups backing or opposing ballot initiatives to three thousand dollars until the proposal is cleared for the ballot the court's ruling thursday is the latest in a string of defeats for advocates of expanded cannabis access in April, the court defeated a different industry-backed marijuana legalization initiative, ruling that it, too, was misleading. In a 5-2 ruling on Thursday, the court determined that Make It Legal Florida reform initiative is co- unconstitutional, arguing that the ballot summary is affirmatively misleading, which we had talked about this, too, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it says adult-use cannabis would be made lawful in the state without explicitly acknowledging that it would remain Illegal under federal law. Oh, Jesus. They're being
1: very. That was in April when they shot down. Make it legal. That's they're just.
0: Yeah. It's just it's like when you're trying to. Um, when you have an insurance claim in the house.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of same.
1: Find anything.
0: Anything. They're like, like, oh, like, yeah, this is not the color boop that you said it was on the application. So it, it's not covered. Sorry. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, in May, justices found Florida's medical marijuana regulations to be constitutional a uh, blow to smaller businesses hoping to enter the heavily regulated market which uh, discussed industry. last week. Charlie Crist, the Democratic congressman who hopes to challenge DeSantis in 2022 governor's race, blasted the court's decision on Twitter. The Supreme Court that DeSantis. governor DeSantis packed with partisan judges just denied another ballot initiative to let Floridians vote on legalizing marijuana. This is wrong. Legalization should be up to the people of Florida, Christ tweeted. When he was governor, Christ appointed Kennedy and Polston, who sided with a majority to the Supreme Court. Christ also appointed George Labaraga, who dissented in this case. So So one of the three of the judge, judges he
1: appointed is <clears throat> in favor
0: of So maybe court. if we start a petition now, you know. No, Ooh. these two petitions are just going to have to re- redo it. Do
1: their language and try again, and it's just, it's just
0: stalling them. Right, and then we'll hear from them back in two years again. Like, yeah, it's oh, been two years. You wrote this in blue ink. should have been black. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Oh, Florida. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just don't get it right. So, uh, thanks so much for, for uh, listening to us. We got a great interview coming up for you. Um, this is Dr. Dina. Uh, she's a real Nancy Baldwin. You know that series Weeds? Well, that was all based on her. Well, not all. We, we discussed. They did it to
1: her likeness. You'll hear they all about it to her likeness. in the interview.
0: Yes. She is hailed as the Princess of Pot by Rolling Stone Magazine, right? Yeah, or the, I think they called her the Queen of Cannabis. do of Cannabis. Remember which one is what? Princess of Pond, Queen, Queen of, of cannabis. cannabis. She's besties with Snoop. So, man, we were we were we were doing research on you and you are we are so amazed. Uh you I mean you your even your first story, the fir- the story of you first trying weed is like insane.
2: <laughs> I I literally uh, checked off like my bucket list that I didn't know I had <laughs> everyone's like that's on our bucket list I'm like I didn't even know that was something to put on your bucket list
1: <laughs> yes, yes everyone
2: dreams so, for that forcing you you can't really say no when he tells you to hit a blunt
0: yeah for real how like did you know him hardcore like was he I mean he was already getting notoriety like how, to, how were you nervous when you were around him I mean he, I'm sure he was a little intimidating
2: well, it was weird because my best friend, um, his father, her stepfather, was a partner and basically like Suge Knight's partner in Death Row Records.
1: Holy shit.
2: And he was, yeah, exactly. And he was um, an a, a criminal attorney. And I didn't really understand, like I knew he always represented like mob figures and they had a lot of security at their house. Um, And then sometime when I was about 14, 15 is when he started working with Suge Knight. And all of a sudden, like the house changed overnight. It went from like, cause he always worked out of his, they turned their old garage into an office. And so there was always like some, you know, riffraff coming through, but then that riffraff turned into like them running a label out of their house. And Snoop was there all the time. We called him Snoopy and he was actually living at that house um for like a good year I think when he was like 17 or 18 he was living there um so he was there all the time it wasn't I wasn't starstruck because he he was just barely getting famous like I knew who he was but my parents didn't kind of thing um so I was excited but it wasn't it wasn't like it's Snoop Dogg now like people would freak out if it's today yeah yeah this was before his murder rap like he he didn't have the notoriety back then
0: right so you kind of grew up with him then huh
2: absolutely I mean to me it was normal to like go see Dr. Dre at someone's house and then Suge Knight and Snoop Dogg and and Tupac and it was like if you want to go there go see them go to the house and hang out and they're all gonna be there you know so that that was a little weird um I do remember you know I think Snoop was like everyone was commo- like made this commotion, like we're going to go smoke. And I was following them because I wanted to be part of the group. And we went behind the tennis courts. Cause that was kind of like the place that was furthest from the front of the street. And you know, the, his, my friend's parents could care less if we were smoking weed. I didn't know that at the time, I assumed that all parents had a problem with you smoking cannabis, yeah. you know? So I was totally like, Oh my God, you know, hiding it. And I was freaked out and Snoop was just like, here, you're going to hit this and hit this now just to kind of like, he didn't want me to freak out. Um, and yeah, that, that was it to this day. I'm still uh, best friends with uh, the same person who's uh crazy house that was at. And uh, we still reminisce about these stories all the time.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And then that's kind of kickstarted everything off for you in the, in the realm of a uh, cannabis industry.
2: Yes and no. I mean, I didn't enter the cannabis industry at that age. Um,
1: no, you were just didn't Right, right. But that was yeah. It wasn't an
2: option. Like we didn't we didn't have medical cannabis back then. Right. Yeah. It wasn't even legal back in the old days. <laughs> we didn't have medical cannabis, <laughs> nah, sneaker, um, and that huh? passed in 1996. Wow. So good old 1996 was a, a, a good year for us all. However, no one knew what it meant. Like, what did that mean? Did it mean you you could open a store? Did it mean no one knew what that meant that it passed for legal? So nothing happened for years and years and years um, for about five years after. And that's when I found my way in the cannabis industry. I had a close friend of mine. who was actually, let's go back. I was engaged to a, a guy who I'm still friends with, but I should never have been engaged to him. And luckily I did not marry him. It would have been very bad. Um, But he was his, he's the error of life alert, the help I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of money. And I realized that my life was going to turn into like, just being a housewife. And that was a harsh reality for me because sure. I like hit the jackpot. I'd be the, you know, the Kardashians neighbors, but like, is that what I want for my life? Like, I want to do something. I want to be, you know, have make a name for myself. And I was contemplating what to do. I was in the fashion industry. I was very confused. And I decided that we were going to break up. And it was kind of like this weird breakup for like a month where we were living together and we knew that we weren't going to really get married. And it was like, what are we doing? We need, we should break up. Um, and we, I got a phone call at his house one day, and it was his childhood best friend, who I had met a couple times. And his friend had told me, you know, and my ex wasn't home at the time, so I spoke to him, and he told me there's good news and bad news. Good news is I met this amazing woman, and she's Swedish, and she had to go back to Sweden, and I didn't want her to, so I married her. And I am married. I just I can't wait to you know you guys to meet her. She's wonderful. And I go, well, what about the bad news? And he goes, well, the bad news is I went to get life insurance because I want to take care of her forever. And if something were to happen to me, I want to make sure she's going to have a good life. And she dropped everything to move from Sweden here. And I want to take care of her. And when he went to the doctor to get a physical, which you have to do oftentimes, if you get life insurance over a hundred thousand dollars, they found some weird number in his blood results. And he went back in and, after a couple tests, they sat him down and said, you have uh, stage four testicular cancer that's located in your stomach and basically um, start, start taking care of, you know, your, uh, your paperwork and your life, get everything in order. Um, we're going to put you on chemo, but there's no guarantees. And that was a shocking thing to hear. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 I'm going to fight this. And he, at the same time, he had lost his job right around the time he met her and he was so like head over heels in love with her that he forgot to file for Cobra insurance. He just slipped his mind. Okay. And so, so he literally had no health insurance when he found out he had cancer and he could not get health insurance at that point. Mm -hmm. So he was paying out of pocket for his chemo and every pill was about $300 and he was throwing them up one after the other. He would take three pills. He would throw three pills up 20 minutes later. And he started getting really depressed and he realized that he was going to die and leave her with no money because he was literally flushing his money down the toilet. And he was reaching out to me that day to ask me a favor. And that favor was, can he borrow one of the guns that my ex fiance collected because he decided he was just going to kill himself, put himself out of this misery And he has about 50 grand in his bank account and leave it to his wife and move on. Like she can move on with her life and he's not going to survive. He keeps getting sick. And I just, I I heard a depressed, sad, scared person on the other line. And I immediately dropped everything. I called a friend of mine who I knew sold weed was a drug dealer for all intents and purposes. And I said, Hey, I need you to roll me a joint. I got to pick up a joint. So I bought a joint from him and I drove it to this guy's house and his wife freaked out. She did not want me to smoke in the house. He didn't, she didn't want him to smoke in the house. She was convinced that we were like Sweden and she was going to get to, you know, get either get deported or go to jail for life. I started yelling at her, like, get the fuck out of the house. You know, like this is the guy's dying here. Are you going to try to help him or not? And she left, she got in the car, she drove down the street. She was, it was a very like tumultuous scene she was in tears. Like I'm gonna try. Like I'm killing her husband. And I, I lit this joint. I stuck it in his mouth. And at this point, I hadn't seen him in probably two or three years. He had lost over 160 pounds. Oh. He was skin and bones. Okay. I mean, I was shot sh- when I walked in that door and I saw him. It was like a skeleton was staring at me. I was like, oh my god. And, and I yeah. thought maybe, maybe he was right. Maybe he knows that the gun might actually be the best, re- you know, result here. And I, I started, you know, puffing with him and after about maybe 30 seconds, like he started getting color to his face. Maybe it was the coughing that did that, yeah. but all of a sudden he stopped dry heaving and about half an hour later, maybe 20 minutes, his stomach started to growl and he looked at me and I'll never forget this look. Cause he looked at me like it was partial. Like you're a mad scientist slash witch. Um, and, and I, I thought he, like I did something bad to him because the way he looked at me was like this crazy look. And I go, what? And he goes, I'm hungry. I haven't felt this feeling in six weeks. And I go, wow. oh my God, that's amazing. And so we, call, we called his wife. She came back. She made him some toast and some eggs. He held his food down that night. He kept puffing the joint. And the next day he called me and said, I need more of this. If, if I can smoke this every day and I get that same result, I could beat this cancer. I can keep my chemo down he's like, Dina, I think you might've actually given you like a whole nother level of hope here. Like, this is kind of crazy. I'm like, you know, this is amazing. And he goes, can you bring over more? Now at that point I was uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, I'm not a drug dealer. And like, what if I get caught driving this weed to you? And like, I'm not, I don't want to go to jail and this, and if I go to jail, how are you going to get the weed and you're going to die? I mean, this is like a bad situation, dude. Right. And so, Um, I remember that there was medical cannabis in California, but no one, of course, knew what the hell that meant. And so I started, um, there there wasn't even Google back then. That's how long ago it was. We had Ask Jeeves. And so I asked Jeeves, uh, you know, where to find medical marijuana. And the only doctor's office that actually was openly talking about it were located in San Francisco. So I drove my friend to San Francisco from Los Angeles. And uh, which is a nice, you know, in traffic, six hours with him throwing up in my car the whole time because I wouldn't let him smoke. And we finally got there. It's a whole long story. But within, you know, we s- took three hours to see the doctor. The line was so long. It was the most popping place I had been in a long time. It was like a nightclub line. Right. Wow. And um, yeah, the, yeah only the only place. <laughs> wow. It was the only place. Right. And so I said, when I went inside, I said to the doctor, I go, listen, I live in L.A. And there would be so many people lined up in L.A. Like, how you know? How do you go about opening a doctor's office? And he goes, well, I'd love to come down to L.A. a couple of days a week. If you know, do, you know anyone that wants to do it? And I go, I'll do it. And that was how it started. I literally a week later started a doctor's recommendation clinic. I had no money. I had no office. I lied to the doctor. I gave him an address. The address was of a Ramada Hotel in West Hollywood. I literally held a clinic in the lobby of a hotel. I didn't even ask permission. I would stand in the front, and people would walk in. I would go, "Welcome to the Ramada. The front desk is to the left. <laughs> Doctor's office is to the right."
1: Amazing. And
2: so that went on for like about six weeks until the manager of the hotel came up to me because I know what you're doing. You're running a business inside of my lobby, and you can't do that. However, the days that you're here, we make so much more money in valet and at the bar that we're just going to give you the conference room. And I'm like, "Great! Wow!" So then I did. <laughs> So that we, you know, did for a few more months. And at, at the same time, everyone would ask me the same question when they would leave my office, where do we get our cannabis? Where's our medical marijuana available? And I didn't know where to send them. And there was one place that was open that reminded me of like a crack den. Oh like my. I was legitimately scared when I went to check it out. I will never forget the sound of like what my shoes it, on the, sorry, my shoes on the floor It was like this hollow wood floor. Um, It was just like a scary feeling. And I'm like, get me out of here. Sketchy. And yeah, it was beyond sketchy. Um, I I think I saw the security guard like beat up some kid in the parking lot. It was like, get me out of
1: here. Oh my. And so
2: I went to the city of West Hollywood and I said, hey, um, I have this really great clinic and I'm helping all these people, but they have nowhere to go to get their cannabis. And they said, well, then just open somewhere. I'm like, I need a license. And they go, here you go. And it was that easy. And so I opened up my first dispensary and years later is when all the licensing started happening and the regulations. And but in the beginning it was like, Dina got a license, do whatever you want. Like they're the only rules are Dina's rules. So I kind of made my own rules up as far as what I thought was right. And what I thought was wrong. And it's kind of funny, because now I look at California as a whole, and they kind of do everything similar to how I was doing it in the beginning, um, just a little more intensely. But it was, uh, it was a wild ride to to see that, you know, see it grow from a doctor's office to a dispensary. And Of course, uh, as soon as I opened my doctor's office, I had to have Snoop come in and get his rec. And so... Um, from that day forward, he he nicknamed me Doctor Dina, which is better than Chubby, which is what he called me when I was a kid, because um, <laughs> I was really skinny, so he called me Chubby. Yeah. Um. And so Chubby became Doctor Dina, and and I am not a doctor. I am not board certified by a medical board, but I <laughs> am board certified by Snoop Dogg, and that is a hundred percent way cooler.
1: And that's the most important when
0: you're yeah. talking about cannabis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. especially in the cannabis industry. <laughs> Oh, my wow. God. You you found the need and you filled that need every she time. She got that shit girl. done.
1: Like, she's like, I'm going to make this happen. She's like,
0: oh, we don't have that. Hold on a second. I, got, go this. I know, got this. You know, it
1: was never about the money. And that's what makes me really
2: sad about today, because it's all about the money. Like the state only cares about cannabis because of the money that it's making. Mm-hmm. It's not about the healing anymore. Um, it's kinda it's like kind of like the hotel lobby guy. Exactly. It, you know, he was like, "Oh,
0: I make money. Okay, then we will put this in the conference room."
2: Exactly. So we are all in the conference room of life in California. Yeah.
1: So that was back like in two thousand three, right? When you opened your first uh, medical dispensary. Yeah, that's amazing. Two thousand two. That's, that's crazy. Two thousand two. So, how much has things changed in cannabis in California since the very beginning to now? Do you feel?
2: Nothing is the same that it was, that it was, everything has changed and it changed really th- just three years ago where uh, regulation came in and it is a, a different beast. I mean, I used to be able to buy, I had to buy packaging because I would buy loose pounds and I would package everything at my store. And I mean, I used to have people like Snoop Dogg and 2 Chains think it was fun to come over and package our weed up. Because it reminded them of the trap back in the day, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's like being in the trap." And so <laughs> now we don't do that. It's like everything comes packaged already. It's like I now I feel like them. I'm like, "Oh, I miss seeing the turkey bags."
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, because it's like, uh, oh, I don't know. It's like it's
1: highly regulated now. Like when she started, yeah, it was legal, but they hadn't really developed their right. They were still figuring it out. And- That's crazy. In fact,
2: I was the only business. Um, In Southern California, there was probably maybe like four of us that actually had business licenses from the city everyone else just opened. And because I had a business license in the city, if I had a friend who was a vendor or a grower and they got popped, I could go to court for them and I could say, hey, that's my cannabis for my, my dispensary for my medical patients. And they would get off. And that's the worst, saddest thing to me today. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends who I helped not go to jail because I have a dispensary and they sold their product through my store and that made it legal. They were operating under my umbrella of legality. And now that's gone. I mean, unless you work for a manufacturer, cultivator, can't uh, a dispensary, you know, these licensed facilities, you can't touch things at certain, you know. It, it's pretty wild. It makes me sad.
1: Yeah, like it's not as easy to get into the cannabis industry nowadays as compared to when it all first I mean, came it's to like be. elitist now. Like no, you have to have here,
0: t- tons of money, especially here especially, in Florida. Yeah, we do have you, ver- vertical integration. Have, do you know anything about? It's a
1: nightmare <sighs> in Florida. That like So bad.
2: Thank you, Chris Christie, for you, what you gave all of your friends licenses or their mm-hmm. kids or whatever. Um, yeah, you have a massive um, conglomerate being built that, you're fully vertical and you're allowed the what 30 licenses or something crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, if you get one license, then you can open up 30 locations. That's not what I wanted to see. And to me, it's all about the mom and pop shops and it's about the mom and pop growers because the craft growers are the best. And when you start doing big conglomerate things, everything becomes very corporate and commercial. But that's what we're heading towards. Exactly. The quality goes down. And that's what we're all unfortunately heading towards. In California, we hit a bump. Our quality was the best in the world for like forever. And then legalization hit and everyone had to redo their rooms. And it's taken a while for people to like dial in their room and make sure their product is really good. But also- the amount of time it takes to get the product on the shelf and to the consumer is so much longer. because It has to sit in quarantine. It's got to get lab tested and packaged and transferred from, you know, cultivator to manufacturer, to distribution, um, to retail. So by the time you get the product, it's not as fresh.
1: You're so not only did you open the first medical marijuana dispensary back at the beginning uh, in Southern California, your um, dispensary was also the first to start selling for adult use under the new cannabis law in California, right? Yes, yes. So how it much did first... things change once that yeah, came into more... play? Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny. Is I was so nervous the night before legalization. And it was like this. Everyone kept asking me, like, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? And I don't have a crystal ball, and I wish I did, but I was getting really nervous about what this landscape was going to look like for all of us going forward. And I was really scared that it was just going to be, and you have to look at like the look of things and how things portray. And i was going to have a lot of media at the store that day. And I was afraid that we were going to have just like a million 21 year olds in line. And I, That made me sad because it was going to be taking away product from like my normal patients, people that normally would shop there. Mm -hmm. But I was really surprised to see that the average age was more like 45. Um, We had 80 year olds in line, 90 year olds. We had a 104 year old who kept telling everyone, you know, I've waited my whole life for this. When I was a kid, it was illegal. And now it's illegal. And now it's not illegal. (laughs) Like he was so So excited. (laughs) He's so excited. And then, you know, he was telling this like 24 year old kid and the 24 year old kid goes, well, I've waited my whole life for this too, you know, and he's going, well, I waited a whole lot longer, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was like this really great vibe and energy um, in the store. That has changed a lot. Now what I'm seeing is um, because the taxes are so high, people don't want to shop in the traditional stores. I actually... Uh, walked away from my business in April, just because I was, it just no longer made sense for me because I was, I think I was holding myself back by staying so stagnant for so many years. And I know so many people would like cut their legs or arms off to like have what I walked away from, but it's not the same business that it was. And It makes me sad that like I used to be able to give away product. It was up to me if I wanted to give it away. I could give away half of my product if I wanted to. If I didn't want to make any profit, I could just be a very compassionate person. And that's what I did for years. We gave away so much product to people who needed it, whether you're a vet, whether you have cancer or AIDS and you can't afford your medication. We have parents coming in with little babies with cancer in their eyes and they're six months old and these parents can't afford this very expensive oil. I wasn't gonna charge them or I would. And if I did, it would be like maybe cost if I had to order it special for them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Now I can't do that. And that just, it it really is hard for me. So I I really wanna focus on compassionate programs and getting people their cannabis for free. Um, And that's something that's really important to me. Also keeping people out of jail For cannabis and I think a lot of people believe that because it's legal that they can trap and it's okay and they can still end up going to jail. Mm -hmm. And please don't do that because we already have enough people in jail we're trying to get out.
0: What do you recommend people do I mean, a lot of us want legislation to change so that we can get a lot of people out of jail for for these kinds of things. What would you suggest, like, to our uh, listeners, what ways that we can all help so that we can make things, you know, happen?
2: Well, I think that there are, you know, there's some great organizations out there, whether it's Last Prisoner Project, Mission Green. I love Mission Green. Um, It's also called the Weldon Project. That was, uh, Weldon Angelos is one of our patients. Or excuse me, former prisoners, cannabis prisoners who's now out and fighting for other cannabis prisoners. Uh, there's can do clemency, who are fighting to get clemency for people. These are all great organizations that you guys should get used, get your get become familiar with, research them, send them money, send them five bucks or whatever you can, because every dollar makes a difference. Um those are the things that I think people really need to focus on because when you go to jail for cannabis in the feds it is not a cannabis charge and that's what a lot of people think that if there's like we we have you know governor signed something saying we're going to let all the pot prisoners out of jail but guess what it doesn't say cannabis or marijuana on their charge it says conspiracy and it becomes very difficult now to determine what that conspiracy was and get them off of a conspiracy charge so you know keep fighting. we got to fight. We had a band together and, and those organizations are the ones really doing it right now.
0: Any thoughts on the more act? That's, I think they reintroduced it, right?
2: Yeah, they definitely reintroduced it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I am always scared of, of any kind of legalization, um, federal, it should be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, once again, don't have a crystal ball. Um, if it does pass, it's going to be the craziest green rush ever, because I know a million people, they're going to try to sell all of their businesses as soon as that happens, because they don't want to touch this business. And so if if that's a bad sign, if people who are very successful right now want to get rid of their business, if legalization hits, so I don't know where that's going to leave us. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty hard if you're a brand and you want to build a brand in a state and you're stuck in one state and it's like you want to expand into other states, but then you have to partner with different people in those other states. And, it, you know, it's watering down your brand. It's it's hard to, to be in business. So it's it's going to be difficult. And, and I think that's the one thing that will become better is going to be a lot easier for all these different states, all these different brands to kind of move from state to state. Because we have interstate commerce still, you know, and that's the biggest issue is like I can create a vape like I, I work with a bunch of different celebrities all the time about you know creating brands for themselves. Up <laughs> oh, the dog has something to say. <laughs> creating she's brands like she's them, her own themselves. brand. <laughs> exactly. Are you gonna create your own brand of dog biscuits? Maybe <laughs> medicated CBD. dog biscuits. Yeah. With CBD. A very good for you. Yeah,
0: you go. Calm her, her down.
2: <laughs> and so um So, yeah, so I work with a bunch of different people. And let's say we wanted to create a a Pot Smoking Moms podcast vape pen that's available in multiple states. We would basically have to come up with um, a formula for the vape pen. We would come up with, you know, certain strains. That's fine. We could recreate those strains in different states. But the issue lies in the terpenes. So if they're cannabis-derived terpenes and they're made in a lab in California, I can't send them to Florida to be made. I can only send botanical terpenes from regular plants. And as you know, that's not the same as cannabis terpenes. Yeah. So, you know, the product's not going to be as good if you have to do that. But if it, it becomes federally legal and you can now start shipping things it will, you know, you will see the, the emergence of the Coca Cola of cannabis, the Budweiser, the the big brands are going to come and move in.
0: Marlboro, like, yep. Yeah, they're, oh, make they're already cigarettes. Doing it. Yeah, everybody's got their greedy little hands. You heard this thing with Amazon now? Yeah, too? Amazon's all about it all of a sudden. Yeah, because they got so much oh, money. Yeah. Of course, they're going to want more money. They're like, I want to ship it when it's yeah, feeder. Everybody legal. wants a
2: piece of that pie. And the reality is, is that all the people in the industry, we're all small fries. We're all figuring it out and learning. We don't have the the delivery logistic capability that Jeff Bezos does. So if that happens, like, good luck to any delivery service, you know, on the market. Bye-bye. Because sure, they'll get it to you maybe within like three to five hours. Jeff Bezos will get it to you next day with free shipping.
1: No, no, they're gonna have like the two-hour delivery, like with like with your groceries and shit. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, the
2: Amazon Prime, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah, But
0: if they tax the shit already, can you imagine how fucking taxed? I'm sorry. When you order your shit from Uber Eats or all these places, super taxed, bro, taxed as fuck. Are you kidding me? How taxed is I, it, your week? So bad.
2: Be? I, it's so bad. I have a hard time even like like they bought Postmates Uber. I'm so sad about that. Oh spec. yeah, like, yeah, Postmates. yeah. And now I go on, I'm like, God damn it. It's an Uber freaking site. It's not mm-hmm. the same, um, but yeah, it's going to happen. And, you know, hopefully the States will start seeing that by keeping the taxes so high, they're actually hurting themselves because people would rather go buy traditional market product and not go into dispensaries. And if they don't go in the dispensary, the state doesn't make the money. So if they were to lower it, they would, you know, lower the bar to entry, they would probably make more money over time.
1: There's always going to be a black market because of the high taxes.
2: Of course, of course, it's never going to go away. um, But can they do it? It's almost like alcohol, where it becomes so much work, you know, to have your own still and, and make your own, you know, you can make your own craft beer, that's fine. Um, but most people aren't going to be drinking it. They're going to go drink whatever the Corona's and the Budweiser's and the whatevers, the blue moons.
0: Yeah. Cause it's more of it's easier to get too.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know the difference. Like to them, weed is weed.
0: Yeah. That's what I used to say before the podcast. I was like, whatever, man, exactly. I'll smoke anything you give me. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, Oh yeah. But you know what? And in the places that it's illegal, People look at us and you're like, oh, wow, you know what strains you're buying? And, you know, and they're like, I just get oh, whatever yeah. I get, you know, like it is a really different world. And the thing is so crazy is to see how all the states are in different places. With It's so crazy all over the place now. Connecticut just fucking passed. Adult use mm-hmm. It's like we should have one of those maps where we have the little lights. And then like it lights up every time one of the states. <laughs> There's it? a
2: guy named Russ who who he uh I'm forgetting his last name. But he actually has a giant tattoo of the U.S. on his back. And any time a state goes legal, he fills it in in color and like puts weed leaves on it. It's so funny. That's dedication. <laughs> so I always refer yeah. to his back. Russ, <laughs> tell you. That's
0: Can you send nice. me a picture I know. of your back? okay You it, please link us to his Instagram if he has I a picture of his back. That, that shit sounds cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Actually, it's quite a work. I mean, like, I don't think he understood what he was committing to when he got it, because I'm like, you do realize you're going to be constantly changing this back of yours. Um, And yeah, so it's, I had a dispensary in Oregon, and I had to go through the licensing process. And I've had dispensaries in California. And in California, there's a you're not allowed to smoke inside of a building. It's for tobacco, but it qualifies for cannabis, too. You're not supposed to be smoking in the building. But in West Hollywood, we were able to convince the city that we are allowed to smoke on site. That, that all changed during legalization, of course. But it was also, it was like, you know, you could smoke there, but like first customers could smoke there, the patients. And then we changed that to just staff. Like the city was like, no, 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 just the staff in the back. Um, but now it's like now legalization, no smoking anywhere, like, you know, three block radius. It's very, very strict. And I fly to Colorado, I mean, to uh, Oregon to meet with the licensing people and they're telling me the rules. And in Oregon, you're allowed to, as an employee, smoke in the store, as long as you're in a room by yourself and no one else is there. And there's no windows in that room. You can like go into a bathroom or the back room and just shut it and like, Literally, like just smoke a huge fat joint, and you're fine, they don't care on camera like they just don't it's long as long as you're not doing it with two people. it can't be a party'
0: That's so why, right? it's, it's so wildly specific i it's so isn't it funny how like when things start to be legalized in the medical and the marijuana industry, it's like they want to control it so much that they get wildly specific with things like that. But- well, it
2: depends who's controlling it. Like in, in Oregon, it's the the alcohol commission. So they are, it's just very different. They're not used to cannabis. It's alcohol. Where in California, it's not. It's like there's the Bureau of Cannabis Control. It's very, yeah. very different and very strict. But the alcohol is like, they
1: don't care if like a bartender goes in the back and takes exactly. a shot. Exactly. They don't make them you know? hide in a corner by themselves. Are you <laughs> kidding me?
0: I've seen bartenders like just take shots with the customers, with the customers out in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. So I think that you know definitely helps. Like in California, you can't have like huge jars of cannabis that you're showing people and opening the top and letting them smell like we used to. But that's in Oregon, funny. totally fine. No, that's. The life. I, 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 I was wish in California. I more than
1: half a pound. I was know, Cal- Don't put
2: more than half a pound because they're going to steal it. Yeah. Like that's what a guy told me.
1: <laughs> I was in California. I think it was twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. The pandemic has messed up my. Cal- my calendar in my head uh, but it was the first time I was over in California I was super excited because you know adult use and I was uh, in Disneyland and all day and afterwards I was called an Uber and I was trying to find the closest dispensary and I had uh, the guy take me there and it wasn't there and he's like oh I know another spot he totally took me to an illegal dispensary for sure because they had big mason jars of weed and I could see and smell it and they opened it and they they waited out in front of me and all that, and I, I found out later that's not how it's done there.
0: <laughs>
1: well, they were late to give out
2: licenses in Orange County, and they have now. And I believe it was Planet 13 that just opened, which I think is, like, the closest to Disneyland now. Um, So next time you come out, it'll be a different experience.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Pot smoking mom's experience.
1: Yeah. That's we're planning right. a trip out there soon. So not only have you been involved obviously in the dispensaries and consulting, you've also consulted in Hollywood on television shows, on making sure that they have like the aesthetic and everything of being a pot smoker. Uh, down on their Well well they stole those the show weeds stole my likeness. Okay. I That's heard How do so, we
0: how did we how did that happen though? Yeah, like how like, did you how did you figure how did you put all those dot, how did you connect all the dots?
1: So
2: I you know, I was the only shop open and I was the only like woman my partner was my godbrother um named Andrew and our store was beautiful. It was like really beautiful. We actually signed a lease for a space that was already gorgeous like when we took it it was like oh my god this is the best like I don't have to do anything to this place I just have to bring in the weed like (laughs) it was great and so it was like this high-end gorgeous store that I would never even have thought like to do this like the way they decorated it had silk hanging from the ceilings I mean it was stunning and it was very like bohemian and it was just perfect for what we were trying to do and you walked in there you Did You forgot you had cancer. You forgot you had any issues. And it was just this like, you know. Utopia. Kind of like this oasis. Yeah, oasis, like away from everything, all the hustle and bustle of the city. And it was just a special time. And people in Hollywood would hear about it. I mean, I went to high school with a lot of Hollywood people. And so they would tell their friends. And before you know it, like all my clientele were Hollywood types. Um, We had major celebrities coming in from day one. And so and Snoop was referring people to me left and right. So it was like a wild time. And I remember people would ask me questions all the time. And I would answer them thinking like, Oh, they just want to know how I got into the business. And they're curious. I had actually written a script that I wanted to kind of pitch about my life. And I let a couple people read it. And they took notes and gave me notes and it was probably like a year later, uh, I had a customer come in, The patient came in and goes, hey, you know, you look great on that billboard outside. Like, oh, are my you fucking about? God. Are what you are you talking about? And I ran outside, I took one look, and I didn't even recognize the fact that it wasn't me in the picture, <laughs> which probably like put on your glasses, Dina. That's Mary Louise Parker. But I did <laughs> not. I saw like a brunette surrounded by weed. But and she looked out.
0: different from when we, I mean, when I first saw Mary Louise Parker, okay, in Adventures and Babysitting. I, I, isn't that where she, I, that's where I first saw oh, her? No.
2: No, she's, she's not. not, from not that. I don't think she's from that. No. no. No, no I'm probably, probably getting like he her confused. confused
0: with someone else, but she looked different, right?
2: She looked different. And funny you said adventures and babysitting because my my friend played the tomboy in that movie. <laughs>
0: oh, I love that movie. The, the little girl. The little girl? The little girl? The little sister?
2: Yeah, the little girl. Yeah, she, was, uh, she went to high school with me. Oh, I loved oh her. Yeah,
0: that movie is one of my oh, favorites. I love 80s movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, so everyone I went to high school with was like an actor or their parents were actors or musicians, except for me. I was like the one person who's like, my dad's in the window covering business. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so- um yeah so it was like a weird thing so I had really great people coming in little did I know that the writers for that show had made my dispensary their home and you know they really loosely based this character off of me and the Andy character off of my partner Andrew oh my goodness and we you Andy, know Andrew. some of it was very accurate and some was very not accurate like I was when I first started watching it, I was so upset. I think I actually called Snoop Dogg and yelled at him about the billboard because I thought he did it as a prank. It was like April round, April fools. And he was like, baby girl, a billboard on Sunset Boulevard is like 50 grand a month. I'm like, I love you, but like not that much. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, this must be a real show. And then he told me, he goes, he called me like a month later. He goes, you're never going to believe it. I was filming a TV show today and they totally are biting off you. I'm like, you're kidding
0: me. And
2: then the show came out and I started watching it and I was like physically upset watching it.
0: Yeah, but your heart must have sank into your stomach. I, mean, I can only imagine how freaking mad you were.
2: It wasn't even so much mad. I was like honored. Okay, that's cool. You right, inspired. Right. That's, the that's cool. B- but I was scared that the feds were going to be like, oh my God, this is a real person. We're going to oh, come after her. So I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we need to make the stop now. And so, um, and, and she's a total slut sleeping with a DEA agent. I like lost my shit over that. I'm right. like, I would never sleep with a DEA agent. I would know. Like, and which is ironic because years later we got raided and I'm sitting there in handcuffs and I'm looking at all the agents and I'm like, I was actually wrong about that statement because these guys are freaking hot. <laughs> like, every one of them was smoking hot. I'm like, God damn. Like, are you guys models or DEA agents? What's going on here? where are they finding you guys? Like, what is the deal? Um, Which they actually thought was very funny. I got a good laugh out of it. Um, But yeah, I I was so upset. I I contacted my attorney. I said, I want to sue Showtime and stop this show because I had already told them so much of my life. I was afraid of what they were going to use next. Yeah. And my lawyer was going to, you know, he was doing some research into it and he contacted his friend over at the DEA and said, Hey, um let's just say hypothetically i had a client who said that she's the real life nancy botwin from this tv show weeds and we i were to sue them and let's say i were to win would you guys care and they said oh hell yeah we'd go after her and we charge her with every crime that the character committed on the show
1: oh my goodness
2: and my lawyer i will never forget like him calling me and i and I thought it was going to be good news, you know. And I'm, I was, I think I was actually like helping Naomi Campbell at the time, which was like always an interesting experience. I bet. Um, I bet. And so, and, and he, my lawyer's calling. I'm like, hold on a second, you know. And and uh, he's like, we're not suing Showtime. I'm like, huh? And he's like, we're not suing Showtime. You're never going to tell anyone that that show is based on you. Anyone? I'm like, really? And he told me everything. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, no, I'm never going to tell anyone ever. And I didn't for probably like a decade. And then it just happened one day I got, it was right before Halloween. It was like October 1st because I was at Target buying Halloween decorations for the store. I didn't have cell phone reception. and When I got out of the parking structure, I had like 36 missed calls, all from Snoop and his manager, which is not a good sign. So I'm like, "Oh shit, someone got pulled over and I did not have my phone on to answer the phone cuz I always had Snoop's recommendation have my phone number on it so that like 24/7 I could validate his wreck." And I'm like, "Oh shit, oh shit." So I call Snoop, he he doesn't answer. I'm like, "Fuck." And I call his manager. His manager goes, "Where are you?" I go, "I'm at Target." <laughs> he goes, "Right by the shop. We're going to be there in 2 minutes." I'm like, "Oh, okay." what's going on he goes dog needs to smoke I'm like 36 phone calls okay dog needs to smoke (laughs) and so I head over there and he shows up and he's with this like this white dude who like just it they did not mesh together I'm like something is like weird who is this guy and Snoop's like just give him a tour show him around you know and Snoop's like this is Dr. Dina. This is the real life Nancy Baldwin from the show. We, this is my, my sister. And, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. We're very funny together. We're, you know, I've known him for, since I was 15. I'm 46. So yeah, I've known him for a very long time, 30 years. He, and we're goofing off and I didn't realize that this white dude was a writer for GQ magazine. And a few weeks later, I got an email from a fact-checking person at, at GQ, saying, "Hey, can you fact-check this article?" And I'm reading it. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. No, this is bad. This is very bad. I should not be. The whole article is about me and Snoop. I'm like, this is bad. This is very bad. It should be about him, not me. And so I wrote them back and I said, "Everything here is is wrong. <laughs> like, I don't have a girl room." I don't sell marijuana like I I mean literally it was a joke that you saw my response back because they're like she's just being really difficult yeah and they printed it exactly how it was before they emailed me and um and that was it it was Snoop outing me and people just took to it and uh it was it was actually very funny about a week later I had a um Snoop's team called me and said, hey, um, someone from Rolling Stone's is going to call you. That we, We're going to do a photo shoot. and Dog wants to do it at your place. I'm like, okay. And I'm assuming, okay, he wants to do it in the grow room because that's like the cool room to take pictures in front of. Um, and so we set it up. And it was for um, April thirteenth, 2000. And I'm trying to remember which time this was. Uh, 2011. And, and so I'm like waiting for the people to come in. Rolling Stone's going to do a photo shoot. This is really exciting. They're coming at four o'clock and 1130. We get raided by the DEA. Oh my God. God. And they take down all our plants and they do this whole thing. And, you know, I am like livid, livid. I don't even, I can't even, I forgot about the photo shoot. Like I am just like getting in shock because I'm getting raided and for no reason. These people are coming in and literally robbing me, taking all my money, all my product, nice. breaking my cameras, smashing all everything they could smash. Like they're assholes. Like they purposely want to make it so you can't reopen, you know. And they're gonna set you back. And I have a mouth on me, so I was letting them have it. And my employees were like, "Oh shit, she's gonna get arrested," you know. And I'm like, "You got to have a reason to arrest me, bro. I don't even work here." <laughs> and it was just, it was a scene. But I remember them leaving. And then I remembered it was like three o'clock. I'm like, oh my God, I have to call Rolling Stone Magazine and tell them they can't do their photo shoot here in an hour. And so I called them and they were in a huge board meeting and I had to like announce it on speakerphone and it was very embarrassing. I'm like, you guys can't do this. We just got raided by the DEA and I hung up with them. And I guess they were like, who the fuck is this woman? (laughs) Someone needs to go interview her right away. So the next thing you know, like Rolling Stone's coming out to interview me. I'm like, this is so weird. What is happening? And from there, like just the media went crazy. I mean, I never had a publicist. It was just, it was wild. Um, And people do love that Nancy Botwin character. Um, She's a pain in the ass. She's stubborn and I'm a pain in the ass. I'm stubborn. Um, There's a lot of similarities um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, but I didn't get paid from it. And it was always like a sore spot to me that like someone was profiting off of my life. And so it was a few years later and I started getting picked up for different consulting gigs and TV and film. And so I did some work on Sons of Anarchy. I did some work on, um, the show mom. And then I helped the show disjointed I was there um I was a very hands-on cannabis consultant so I worked on all 20 episodes I worked closely with the cast all the actors and and I actually made them all work in my store for a week
1: that's before we
2: started filming and it was awesome I mean people were like some people recognized Kathy Bates behind the counter some people didn't and it was so funny when they didn't and they just thought she was like like someone's grandma working that's like it was so the funniest shit oh ever God. that's
1: amazing
2: um and so it was, for me it was like it was really important for them to to understand what we're doing and i think it did portray um in the show and and that was a really special show to me because i did literally everything from um pick brands to be on the shelves like that was actual real product brands not product but product brands the packaging was all real um on the shelves people who watched it were confused and thought it was a real dispensary which to me is the ultimate compliment because it was filmed on a, a on a lot of warner brothers so that was really
1: cool i really enjoyed that show i thought it was funny and fun to watch i liked it yeah it was a very
2: goofy show i think a lot of people didn't understand where we were taking it I mean we were making fun of sitcoms yeah and the old sitcom like you know the the the, there is it's a recipe you know you have to have the commercials to break it up well Netflix didn't have commercials so we had to make our own commercials to kind of give it that feel and so yeah we were very very goofy we were very stoned on set every single day and the scenes where Kathy Bates is ridiculously high are actual tr- real scenes of her being ridiculously high. <laughs> yes,
0: That's all. for so, a re- so were were all the people on the show like were they already smoking cannabis?
2: No, no. In fact, <laughs> it's funny Kathy like stopped smoking probably in the sixties, so she hadn't smoked in a long time, and she um, had cancer and like was scared to, sm- you know, won't smoke a cigarette. So she didn't really want to smoke a joint. So for Kathy, we got her on, on tinctures, pills, edibles, and vape pens. She was all about the vape pen. Wow. Um, for the other staff, some of them, like, you know, they weren't really big smokers. They all became kind of big smokers while they were working on the show. They were all really like loving it. Yeah. Um, but it, it you know, they went back to their lives and, you know, they still smoke occasionally. But it was they really wanted to to take part and be part of the culture, which I think is so important when you're, you know, in a doing a show about a cannabis industry where we are getting raided and we are being treated like criminals, even though we're just trying to be legit.
0: Yeah, just like moms who smoke weed we get shamed all the time. And it's like, you know, it's the best stress reliever. And especially nowadays, parenting is a lot harder than it used to be, to me. Well,
2: it's funny you said that because when we were writing the show, we had to really pick which characters we wanted to focus on on their story, and I kept telling them like the, the important stories. Like, if you go into two hundred dispensaries, at least fifty of them, you're going to find that security guard with PTSD who was in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever the, you know, he was, he or she was stationed and has PTSD from that experience. And that is something that everyone tells me when they watch it. Oh my God, my security guard is the same way. Or (laughs) everyone has that, the mom customer Mm -hmm. who is a little like, like super excited to be cool. and Like wants to be part of something. And that's why we created Maria, the character, the mom character, which I thought we all loved that character and, and- um, it, it was just a really, really special, uh, character, I think.
0: What do you, did you, uh, so you said you had kind of written a script before, uh, Weeds. So did you ever see, I know that you're, you did, you were in the fashion, right? You were a fashion designer at the beginning, right?
2: I was actually, I was not a fashion designer. I was a, I started off as a pieced goods buyer which is not very sexy. You got to buy the (laughs) zippers and the buttons and the trim. And then I would became a fabric buyer. So I bought all the fabric. And then from there, I opened up my own showroom and I was a sales rep for 14 different clothing lines. So that's what I was doing beforehand. And then I started, you know, my script really started with my, me breaking up with my ex And opening up a dispensary, which is the basis for weeds, was her husband dies and she gets into the cannabis industry. Um, To me, he was dead. He wasn't really dead, but to me, he's dead. Um, In fact, even the opening scene where they show the little, you know, the little boxes and people running down the street, that was my old neighborhood. So they went so far as to actually film that in my neighborhood where I was living. Jesus. So they really, you know, creepy. They knew what they were doing. They did their research. They, you know, but it is what but it is. they, they changed made it, it just enough. A,
1: they changed it just enough so that you can't yeah because she was in the illegal cannabis industry and like right i don't have kids you know i don't kill
2: grandmas i don't sleep with dea by the end of the drug cartel well you
1: you you know by the end of the show i was not a fan of nancy Botwin. i was like girl you know i don't think i
2: never watched more past season two i like i think i watched a couple episodes of season two and i was like fuck the show (laughs) i couldn't watch it at all um, I know that they had a, a Mexican drug cartel. Yeah, link, she
1: got like which is weird because
2: that. I have a link to to that world, but I would never sleep with him or involve him in my business. Like I'm not that dumb. Um, you know, but like we know those people and they they knew that. They knew that we knew these people. And that's that's the crazy part. And what's even crazier is my godbrother Andrew. Is currently in jail for setting fire to their competitor, his competitor's building, which is exactly what this character did on the show.
0: (laughs) So did you but did you ever so did did you ever see yourself like in the in the TV industry? Did you ever have kind of like a or is just kind of because life is funny. You just got there through all of the happenstance.
2: I yeah, exactly. It was just weird. It was like people reached out to me because I was, you know, the queen of cannabis. And they read about me because of Snoop Dogg, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Snoop.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, Snoop Dogg.
2: Wow, You yeah, quite. There are, the... are worse friends to have in the
0: world, I have to say. Shit,
1: quite the resume.
0: Yeah, for it's real. It's
1: inspiring, really. Your story really is inspiring. How how you just trailblazed bra- bra- it, like you yeah, just went you for just, it. And... I
0: mean, and you started started from. Oh, I
2: blazed it all right. I blazed <laughs> it all the way on the trail. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean but you did it for all the right reasons i i also get mad when i see um the corruption and all the, ha- all the greed that gets involved with uh you know like how do you how do you even control that i mean like what can we do
2: there's always going to be corruption and greed yeah all you can do is just make it more accessible to people and you know, if you hang, dangle the carrot in front of the horse, eventually, you know, they'll try to take it. For me, it was, uh, you know, I have a, a lot of girlfriends who are parents. I don't have any kids, but I love kids. My best friend has, she's now 11 years old, but when she was three, my girlfriend liked to drink. And she could polish off a bottle of wine in the night. No problem, right? And then a lot of my mom friends, that's what they do. They have mommy juice at night. And, you know, mommy juice is great and all, but what happens when your three-year-old uh, has a crazy dream and takes their hand and hits the nightstand and knocks a glass off the nightstand and then gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and steps on the glass and severs their toe?
1: Oh my goodness.
2: And you've drank in a bottle of wine. Now, after that experience my girlfriend has completely stopped smoke, I mean, stopped drinking and only smokes cannabis. And, and she said, you know, everything was fine. They reattached her daughter's toe. She was okay, but she had to call 911 and she had to wait a really long time for them to come. And she was drunk and like, not as quick on her toes as she would like to be as a mom to respond in a situation Mm -hmm. like that. And the fact that she couldn't just put her kid in the car and drive her to the hospital was something that, like, really, to this day, um, really just, it, it hurt her. God, that is and very so, changing. You know?
0: And and I feel it, like...
2: It's a life-changing experience, for, for sure. And a lot of moms don't think about that. Yeah. They just think,
1: like, oh, I just want to relax. I'm like, right. what happens when there's an emergency? Yeah. And they turn to wine because they have they feel that's their only choice because of it and being because it's legal. been demonized it's too. And it's even it's if it is legal, legal. It's, it's got such a terrible it's stigma. The stigma,
2: exactly.
0: That's crazy, but that's yep. such perspective because honestly, that's I've never heard a story like that, and that really puts things into place. Yeah, I've
1: never even thought of it that way. I've just never been a drinker because ever since. I started smoking pot like that's just always been my love. I don't I don't need to drink. I I go straight to hang. too. too.
0: It makes you feel so shitty. Like why would you want to continue doing that?
1: Well, it's like fun
2: for like half an hour and then it's all downhill from there as far as I'm concerned. So I don't do it. But, you know, it's I have a lot of friends that drink. and, And it just after that experience and my friend sharing that with all her little mommy group and everything, they all stop drinking. Like they'll have a drink in the daytime, like one glass of wine, maybe. But when when their kid goes to bed, it's no longer the like we're drinking a glass of wine and getting right. drunk. You know, we're gonna take some dabs instead and feel good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and be still able to go drive somebody yeah. somewhere. You're not impaired. Something.
2: You're not impaired. exactly. You're not impaired to be able to function, to be able to react on you know lightning reflexes. Mm-hmm. That was something like. I remember when she was telling me, like, when she got to the hospital, the doctor, the emergency room doctor was like, you should have done this. You should have rinsed it out right away with water, you know, because she just took a towel and put it on it, but there was glass still in her foot. And so it was like, it was just a, she didn't know what to do. And she was completely just shit faced and could not function other than like nine one one. And she was slurring. She actually requested the tape of the nine one one call, which they sent her and she played it for me. And I, I, we were like, I mean, it was sad, but we were like pissing our pants yeah. because she was like slurring. It was like, it, it took oh, them like wow. 10 minutes to figure out where the but hell that hell is was such
0: from. a freaking like that's you looking at your life from from up here, you know, like it's like, right? Isn't that crazy?
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I have another friend who luckily her kids okay. But she was at a friend's house and the mom, you know, started serving drinks and all the moms were huddled together with their drinks. And one of their kids fell in the pool (gasps) face down. And luckily, like there was an older kid there that was about six that jumped in and pulled the three-year-old out of the pool. And that's when they realized the commotion, something was wrong. And like these things happen in a split second. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could happen even if you're smoking cannabis, you really have to watch your kids, but you know, when you're, when you're drinking and you tend to just, You're a little numbed
0: out. It's a little scary. You know, and that's why I get so, I kind of starting to get irritated every time people are like, oh, it should be, weed should be just as acceptable as alcohol. There's no comparison. No, it should not be.
2: It should be more acceptable than alcohol. Exactly, exactly. Yes, very important point.
0: Yeah, it's way, it's superior in my eyes, in our eyes. And that was great. If you want to hear the entire interview, definitely go over to our Patreon. you get early access to all our episodes and you'll hear full interviews. You won't hear any edited interviews. There'll be full interviews. Uh, You can hit her up on Instagram at DrDina420. She's also on Clubhouse. She also has her own cannabis podcast. It's called Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. And, um... She you need has, your
1: recommendation, she can yeah, hook you up. if you
0: need your medical recommendation for your card, she's going to hook you up. all you gotta go is to doctor weedycom forward slash dr Dina four twenty uh we'll go ahead and post it on our the website on our Instagram post for the episode, so uh you can go through the website. We went on there. it looks fairly easy mm-hmm. to do that so. Uh, definitely check that out. Hey, thanks so much for uh being a listener and you know listening to the pot smoking moms. We appreciate you. More importantly, we appreciate our sponsors. Thank you guys so much for not only listening to the podcast but also contributing. Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hansel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Terry Grimsley, Shelby Gleckler, and Denise Castres. Thank you guys so so very much. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys uh we hope to catch you on the uh, flip side guys. Bye. See you.